News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. Joining me is Congressman Dan Bishop. Welcome back to the program, Congressman. How are you? I'm good, Pete. Good to be with you. You doing okay? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, the fill in the blank district congressman, but I don't even know what number I'm supposed to say when I say what district you're. Yeah. <laughs> Not the only one. <laughs> so uh, I see the legislature, your old stomping grounds. They um, uh, they went ahead and uh, went forward with their maps. Now these don't uh, the, the the congressional maps don't require governor approval. So now it's just going to be up to the courts, which is one of your other st- uh, stomping grounds as a uh, lawyer. So I'm kind of curious what your take is on where we stand now with the uh, the Supreme Court of the state of North Carolina. They get to pick some special masters. Uh, or I'm sorry, the lower court, the trial court picked some special masters uh, that they're going to do some maps. You got plaintiffs, they're drawing some maps in secret, and you got these legislative maps. Have you, I mean, I know, I'm sure you probably have looked at your district, right, to see where yeah. it, it, it where it's been drawn, how it's been drawn. So how do you fare in this, and what do you think is going to happen now as you, uh, as it works its way through the next step of this process? Well, uh, it's, the district that was drawn by the General Assembly that I would have run in would have been fine. The one that has come out now in this aftermath is fine for me. But the process that we're engaged in and the role of the North Carolina Supreme Court, as you are well aware of my view of that, is is simply shocking. And I've read the 250-page opinion, well, collection of opinions that came out, the majority and dissent, and... Um, you know, there's no language in the state constitution that they draw on to uh, throw out the General Assembly's maps. The precedent from the Supreme Court says that, of course, our constitution assigns districting tasks to a political body, and so political considerations can be taken into account. They threw all of that out, and without any back, you know, basis in any law, they just declared that. Uh, that, that, that there can be no, essentially no partisanship. It's got to be a map that is effectively a proportional representation. You got to have the districts drawn so that you, uh, that political parties can win the same proportion of the seats as they purport to have of the vote in recent elections. And, um, it, it's a, it's an outrageous power grab. And I think it's something that's got to be fixed. I mean, I think the Supreme Court of North Carolina, which is, thankfully elected, uh, needs to be changed electorally. And then I think we probably need to go beyond that and make sure that, the, you know, once the the leftists who sue until blue found that the federal courts were becoming somewhat resistant to some of their techniques, uh, they've now switched to close partisan control of state um, Supreme Courts. And I think it's a danger to the to, to democracy. People are not, they're just absolutely overruling democratically elected bodies. Well, and what's also interesting is that the maps that were um, drawn up, this is a Democratic representative, Pricey Harrison. Uh, she says, this is according to the story at the News and Observer, she said, using 2020 statistics, it would be likely a nine to five congressional map. So nine Republican seats, five Democrat seats. But this year, 2022, it's probably going to go 10-4. She says it's the same map the 10-4 split that got struck down as a partisan gerrymander. So what she's saying is that it would not have been a partisan gerrymander two years ago when Democrats were able to perform better, but everybody's expecting a red wave this year, and so this year 
it's going to be a partisan gerrymander. So, like, I don't even know how you're supposed to draw any lines if you're trying to predict electoral outcomes in the future in order to guide your line drawing now. And for years and years, courts, the United States Supreme Court has come to that exact conclusion that that kind of prediction and the convoluted thinking that it produces is nothing that courts have have, have any business doing. It is not, as the Supreme Court of the United States put it, it is not a judicial act. You're not measuring facts against a rule or a standard. You're just making up what you think is fair. That's what legislators do. And we elect our legislators, there are 170 of them in the General Assembly, and having four judges make that decision on behalf of the whole state is is just fundamentally wrong. So did you not uh, buy any of the argument as outlined in the uh, majority opinion that uh, the Constitution provides these protections, although it doesn't explicitly say this is what we meant by, you know, free elections, but it's kind of what they all meant, and equal protection and that sort of thing. You don't buy that... Uh, the ability to get your voices uh, heard via representatives, that that is not a that, that's not protected in the existing language. It's just not what the Constitution says, Pete. There yeah. are things in the Constitution that govern how legislature how the legislature draws the map, like the whole county provision in the state legislative districts. You got to keep keep counties together to the greatest degree possible. Those are meaningful things. This is not in the Constitution, so they're making it up. And here's the real point, and this also will tell you where we stand, I think, in the district map drawing so far. I believe they're going for broke because they think they're getting ready to be uh, sort of stomped out of power by Republican voters this year. And they are going to, I think, change the maps more to give themselves a chance to overcome what the voters' will is and and take control of the General Assembly. I think it's a purely political move. It's outrageous. And this should be something the uh, voters of North Carolina respond to in a very strong way. All right. So how you get there, I know we're going, uh, I guess I should ask you just if, and if you can't, that's fine. There's no problem. If you want to stick around, we can, because there are other topics I was going to ask you about, but I, I can go all day on this stuff too. So like the, the maps uh, that would require them taking over, like you just outlined, that would require um, the courts to redraw the maps, right? Like to take it, like whatever the General Assembly has just drawn, like to get to where you're saying that they want to be, they would have to, the courts would have to scrap what the General Assembly did. They would then have to either rely on the special masters or they would take the the maps from the plaintiffs, right? And use those in order to create uh, a majority for Democrats. Is that where you see this going? And, and Pete, they've set up exactly that process. That's what their order contemplates, is that they're going to, they, they've allowed for all of those possibilities to occur. And look at the special masters they picked. Tom Ross, a Democrat president of the UNC system, who was fired by a Republican board of governors and hates them. Bob Orr, a former Republican, never Trumper, hates Republicans, and is in the middle of representing people to disable Madison Cawthorn from serving in Congress on the grounds that he's allegedly an insurrectionist. He's a special master passing on the maps, that, including the one that Madison Cawthorn would be a candidate in. How could that be? And then Bob Edmonds being one Republican. And it's just, so, so yeah, I mean, I think they are not done. I think they will do more. Um, and I think it's going to be pretty hard to draw a map 
that uh, that Democrats can take over in this particular election year, but uh, they're going to give it their best. You watch. See, I, and I'm looking at the congressional level, and I'm thinking they're trying to preserve as many Democrat seats as possible because they don't want to lose the House of Representatives. They're terrified of losing uh, the House and or the Senate, or you know, and both of them really uh, in 2024, and then Biden becomes like truly a lame duck president. Uh, to be sure, and you have to have a broader scope. If you're going to be a politician judge and decide what you think is fair politically, then you also got to look at New York and Maryland and Illinois and other states where Democrats are gerrymandering with abandon. And uh, they're, they're not, it's not a fairness. They're not seeking fairness or competitiveness. They are seeking a Democrat win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've long said uh, when Democrats say fair maps, they mean maps that they win. That's uh, that, that's what that, that's, that word means. That's yeah. the definition. Special counsel John Durham put a filing in in the court case last weekend on Michael Sussman. He's the attorney that was indicted by a grand jury last year for making a false statement to the FBI, namely that he wasn't working on the behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign when he fed them information that uh, was apparently uh, gathered I mean, I will say illegally, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's John, uh, 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 Congressman Dan Bishop is with me, and I will tell you, this is what Hugh Hewitt, uh, the conservative talk show host, said out in California, that the media has made too much of the filing. We don't know anything yet because Sussman can either go John Dean or he can go Gordon Liddy. So <laughs> uh, first off, what's your, what is your assessment of uh, John Durham? Is he... Like, is he like a like a hard nosed prosecutor kind of guy or is he uh, I mean, I think I heard Mick Mulvaney like uh, sing his praises and said, look, if Durham says it, then I believe it. Is that where you are with Durham or do you have a different view of him? Uh, I'm not that way with anybody in the swamp, uh, Pete, but um, I, I will say the, the thing that concerns me about Durham is the length of time that all of this has taken. Hmm. Uh, this is of grave importance to the country. And to be having sort of the first couple of indictments out and, and, and some meandering investigation going on five years after the fact when these things occurred is not acceptable, I think. But having said that, indications of the investigation being quite deep are uh, interesting. And, I've, and I don't see a way to uh, make what, what is being revealed in public by Durham's lawyers in court, how that could be made out to be innocuous or innocent. Um, the, this Rodney Joffe, the tech executive that Sussman, who's been indicted, who was a Clinton lawyer, a Hillary Clinton lawyer, um, has um, the, the uh, Joffe's uh, company had access, as they said, to sensitive information. That's the words in in the Durham uh, filing mm-hmm. to uh, sensitive information about the internet traffic going in and out of the executive office of the president, which presumably includes the White House, which is the Eisenhower building there, old executive office building. And um, that is a striking fact. Now, the New York Times has said over the weekend, I think, that uh, or the last couple of days, that this, that that information may have come from the Obama era, but then that doesn't explain how they were using it to set up a narrative or to imply to, in interviews with the CIA and the FBI that President Trump, that, that the White House was somehow 
you know, involved with Russian cell phones, which was the issue. And um, so I think this, it's very interesting. And if it, if it is the case that this company, this independent contractor, New Star, had a contract with uh, the Defense Department or the DARPA and had access to DNS data because of that and used it to try to create a narrative on behalf of the Clinton campaign against Trump, then it is the biggest political scandal in American history, just by definition. It eclipses Watergate. And, right. Um, if so I remember, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, one of the original uh, uh, filings that Durham made was that Joffe's company, or Joffe himself rather, was angling for a position in the administration. That was that was why he was sort of in that orbit and why he was willing to do the work. And it was in Durham's own filing this weekend where he says that Joffe and his associates exploited this arrangement. So that's not, I mean, the New York Times, you know, they're doing, you know, cleanup here, trying to, you know, kind of uh, just hand wave away a lot of these uh, concerns. But I don't know how you hand wave away an exploitation of that arrangement that you outlined with DARPA. That doesn't. Right. Yeah. And if, and if Joffe and Newstar had access to closely held data because of a government contract, what universe would, have, would it have been proper for him to go to Sussman, the lawyer for the Clinton campaign, and he liked the Clinton campaign, he wanted to be you know, a fan of Hillary, to give it to that person who would then give it to the FBI and the, and the CIA? If it had been proper, then some report would have been made to, to, in, to DARPA or to, or to CIA directly or whoever's responsible for that data. So uh, it's inexplicable, and it is fascinating, but let's get to it. It's time. I mean, the American people are, deserve to have all of this finally explained, and they deserve to have people punished if, they're criminal, if there's criminal wrongdoing, and it need not take another five years or ten years. This is enough. Let's go. And, of course, Sussman, former partner at Perkins Coie with Mark Elias, right? And Mark Elias exactly. at the heart of the Sutil Blue strategy on redistricting that we were just talking about. Uh, all roads lead to Elias. Um, so I am curious, though, from your from a legal strategy perspective, what is the what is the reason what that you can think of for why it's taking so long? Is there some sort of legitimate reason why it would take this long? Uh, I, I can't see it, Pete. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, and in fact, a lot of the stuff that's flowed or floated around concerning the Durham report and it it. it, it it appears that the FBI has known sort of the core of this since early 2017. And I can't see a good reason. I mean, maybe, you know, when you get to John Durham, they say he's a prosecutor's prosecutor. He, he deliberately follows the facts wherever they lead. They're being careful. But, you know, that, that's, there's, there's a limit to that. I mean, you've got to move on with the thing, and you've got to make it happen. I just sort of tend to believe that government lawyers do things on their own time frame and aren't concerned about the need of the public to have this straightened out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, he did take until like the very last day or something before the statute of limitations ran out on Sussman. Right. So. Right. uh, Yeah. I I, I can't I can't figure out why the timing has taken so long. And I want to believe silver lining here, like that they need as much time as possible to flip people or to gather evidence or something. I I don't know. Make people squirm long enough and then they'll break. I don't know. but, yeah, to me, it's pretty inexplicable. Um, before I uh, let you go, last question for you. Are you going to mask up at the State of the Union? Is I think Pelosi is going to be doing that, even though Biden is going to be talking about returning to normalcy. <laughs> I think that's the condition of being there, and I, we'll see. I haven't completely decided whether to show up. You know, they just released, uh, removed the limitation of 25 members 
the masking's got to go. I heard you, by the way, uh, talking about Governor Cooper and, and his uh, weak sort of uh, suggestion now that mask mandates should be removed instead of just acting as he has before. And I guess about that I'd say we've all been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, <laughs> and the refusal has cost all of us. <laughs> well played, sir. Uh, Congressman Dan Bishop from the uh, yet-to-be-numbered, I guess, district in North Carolina. They, no, right now you're in the ninth again, right? It's still the ninth. Right now, yeah. Number nine. There. All right. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, have a great weekend. Always good to talk with you, Congressman Bishop. Take care.